You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt McGacky, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Sarp Kesky of Bipolar Architecture. There's this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Happy Wednesday. I genuinely hope you are doing well and am glad to have you back for another episode of Fly on the Call. If you're a person who is very online within our music scene, chances are you've heard of Meet Me at the Altar within the last few weeks. As a band full of women of color, the renewed interest in the Black Lives Matter movement and calls for diversity in the scene have caused many to lift them up, and they have the tunes and confidence to hold real staying power. This is a band on the rise who know exactly what they are doing, and it's quite a sight to see in real time. If you haven't already, check out their two new singles, Garden and May the Odds Be in Your Favor, and get ready to have a new favorite band. I'm curious how COVID has affected you considering, you know, you're in the pretty unique situation where you're all in, you know, you're all kind of in isolation from each other anyway. (laughs) Okay, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, like, we are so lucky that this was our normal, like, already. Um, Literally nothing has changed for us except we've gone a little bit longer without seeing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, cause now it's been, what, three months? Yeah, it's been three months. Yeah. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah, when usually it's like, we see each other every month, so it's been yeah. longer, but like, this is something we're so used to, and it's like, it's been a really easy transition for us, cause we write all of our songs by ourselves anyway. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, the only thing is that we can't play shows, which everyone is experiencing, so, mm-hmm. I don't know, it, it hasn't been too terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like with the kind of renewed interest in, you know, like the Black Lives Matter movement, I feel like you're definitely like one of the bands that people are kind of like pointing to as like, yes, we need more diversity in the scene. And this is like one great example of it. Um, Like, how has it kind of been getting that kind of extra push for you? It's been amazing. I mean, obviously right now people are more than ever seeking out you know black art black music black owned businesses stuff like that but with us it helps that um you know we're also pretty good just a little bit (laughs) so it it really it really gets people to stick (laughs) and yeah it's been it's been really crazy we had a lot of people tweet about us we were in a lot of articles and we get tweeted out like almost every second so it's been it's been pretty overwhelming, but overall it's been exciting. And it's cool for us because obviously you don't see a band like us every day. And for a long time, we felt like we just got buried under anything. Um, yeah. So to everyone, you know, who has just you know um, found out about us, it's like 
whoa, what? They exist? <laughs> like, yeah, we've existed for five years, but no one knew. <laughs> um, but it's cool that people are, are finally realizing that there are bands of, you know, women of color out there who play this happy music that we do. Um, and it's cool to, like, see people seeing that for the first time. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and, like, you mentioned like the type of music that you do. Um, I feel like the way like I heard it first was like kind of as very influenced or it sounded very similar to me to Four Years Strong, um, mm -hmm. which is like kind of a sound that I've always really enjoyed, but the more recent like easy core stuff isn't necessarily something that's connected with me in the same way. Is Four Years Strong even like an influence for you or are you kind of like <laughs> a new, new generation of pop punk? <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird because, like, when I listen to them, I can totally hear, like, yeah, I totally see the comparison. Yeah. But mm -hmm. honestly, I, like, have, like, listened to a couple songs by them. <laughs> and not even when we wrote all of the stuff. It was, like, more recently. They were one yeah. of those bands, like, I always knew of, but had never listened to never, for Never, like, reason. really got into them. A lot of people have been saying that recently. Yeah. Like, I really hear it. Now that I listen to it, like, crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, them saying that because usually when people um, compare us to like other bands, it's a band with a front woman. So <laughs> it's good that to not. Band do actually that. makes sense for us to exactly. be compared to. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. no, like they they didn't influence um, our music. Um, honestly, I don't even know where the influences fully come from. Um, because a lot of like the elements in our songs are influenced by like early 2000s pop punk bands like Cartel, um, Starting Line, Hit the Lights, those type of bands. Mm -hmm. um, but they also have influences from bands like Belmont, which is more like easy core-ish. And I think that combination just makes this like unique sound for us. And it's really cool. Yeah. And on top of that, like just I haven't heard my vocal style like specifically in the scene. like at all and it was kind of difficult at first to figure out how to mesh my voice with our, the instrumental style we wanted to go with but mm -hmm. i mean bigger than me we figured it out and then now it just it's just it keeps on going and we keep on figuring it out even more because mm -hmm. i'm i'm influenced and in, like trained in a lot of different types of vocal styles like r&b or like classical or gospel whatever pop so i feel like those come out also and it, and it makes people excited because it's something new for sure yeah i mean it's certainly like it is like kind of like a breath of fresh air for pop punk for someone like me who's kind of like you know been into the genre for a long time but like more recently i've kind of like faded out a little bit so it's been really nice kind of like you know seeing that you know there, there are still bands that i can connect with within you know the pop punk side of things <laughs> i totally see why people have said that pop punk is dead yeah because if you really yeah. take a step back like everyone has been making the same music for 20 years mm -hmm. it's just the same songs over and over again so i totally get it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i feel like part of it too is kind of like you know pop punk and emo and indie are all sort of like so entwined nowadays that like genre is like almost becoming like irrelevant like you can kind exactly. of say like oh this band sounds most like this genre but even if they do they're gonna have so many other you know things mixed in with it like you were saying with like your vocal style Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you've heard of Poppy before, but, like, how do you describe yeah, oh Poppy? <laughs> what genre is she? She's not, she's right. just Poppy. Yeah, well, but my friend sent me that kind of without 
kind of any context. And when I hit play <laughs> on it, I was like, well, this is a journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You mentioned like kind of having, especially Edith with your vocal style, having like a lot of different influences and kind mm-hmm. of like having a little bit of trouble, um, you know, finding the way to guys to mesh together. And especially with you guys, you know, being not able to kind of jam out as easily as most bands. Like how was it kind of, you know, developing that new style for the band? Just like a lot of <laughs> writing songs you haven't used before. <laughs> and then looking at those songs and being like, oh, well, maybe we can do this better. Maybe I can try this and like tone down this style a little bit. And it's, it was just, I don't know, it was kind of hard. Um, when I joined, I was like, well, like, I don't want to fit the mold of, like, a classic, like, pop-punk vocalist. Like, I I really, like, just did not want that at all. So just, like, picking people out, like, I don't know, obviously Hayley Williams, maybe, like, Lauren Hill or, like, Kelly Clarkson, stuff like that, that would make a little bit more sense and kind of figuring out, looking at them, analyzing them, and figuring out what elements of them I can bring in. So. It's so weird how the, the process works, honestly. We kind of just do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. we do have thought going into it, but it kind of just happens. And we're just like, that's good. I mean, <laughs> let's use it. Yeah, one of my biggest influences is early, early Demi Lovato. Like, especially, like, those Camp Rock days when she was, like, like rock bass, rock bass vocalist. I was like, that's, like, that's everything. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and I've seen, you know, a couple interviews where you've kind of like, you know, referenced the fact that um, Edith originally tried out to be a vocalist and then, you know, it didn't really end up working out. Um, and I know I saw one specifically where you're like, I don't even know to this day, like why they didn't choose me. So I, I wanted to stir the pot a little bit and uh, see if you, you have some oh uh, insight into that. I, <laughs> so I always, always bring this up. Like, I don't think there's going to be a day when we're the biggest band in the world, I'm still going to bring it up. Like, <laughs> I'm never going to forget. Because, like, okay, so I tried out, right? I was 14. And I um, sang Paramore, All I Wanted, right? Yeah. That song I sang? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, like, we'll just see what happens, whatever. They didn't choose me. I was like, that was stupid. <laughs> but you know what? It's okay, because I'm still going to be in the band. Something and me like didn't accept the fact that I wasn't chosen and I was like well you know I'm still gonna be in the band so it's okay like like the fact that they chose someone else didn't sink in <laughs> and had, we, like, we had we had um another member at the time there were three of us we had a bassist uh, named Rose as well and Ada and Rose chose um a different girl I got outvoted I I wanted Edith but why why did you choose her what yeah, ma- I, like what made I her- just remember all I remember is us asking questions to both of them and one question I don't remember what it was but one question Edith answered something that we weren't thinking of and Rose and I were like okay I guess we'll just choose the other girl and looking back <laughs> at it it's like you're stupid as hell but like at least we were just young and dumb and at least it yeah out in the end and at least like I don't know it was the past at least for I don't know like it, it makes a lot of sense because when I think about it my life at the time totally was not ready and like was like way too busy with other things so it's kind of like the universe working itself out because Mm -hmm. i ended up joining like two years later when i was ready 
it's so funny that you like you're saying you like kind of had the confidence like i'm gonna be in that band eventually no matter yes. what like yeah, wh- where does that confidence come from months um, months and months i don't i don't know like like i don't know where it comes from but like i have these feelings sometimes about certain situations and and it's like i just know what's going to happen <laughs> and i knew that i was gonna that I was going to join eventually i just like stayed super close with them and and Throughout all their member changes and, and even when they had the other vocalists, I was still super supportive. And I was like, yeah, like, they're, they're good, I guess, and all this <laughs> stuff. And then um, I eventually, like, started bothering Taya, like, super bothering. And I didn't even care because I was like, I'm going to be in this band. And I was always, like, texting her just about anything. And I would always be like, do you like need a vocalist? Cause I'm here still and I'm not going to leave until you say yes. <laughs> so eventually they gave in and then we're here now. <laughs> it was a good decision. <laughs> Best decision. Yeah. I mean, it definitely seems like that was kind of like a turning point in the band. Can you kind of like compare the, the pre and post uh, Edith world for uh, Meet Me at the Altar? <laughs> I feel like we weren't actually who we are until you joined the band. I feel like yeah. that like, actually, I don't know. That was our rebirth, I guess. If you yeah. our original birth. Because like we we released an EP and an album before Edith joined the band, which is down on everything except Bandcamp, just in case anyone wants to listen to it for some reason. <laughs> and like that music poorly does not describe yeah, Meet Me at the Altar now. It's not <laughs> us anymore. It's so outdated and just old, I guess. Because we were a two-piece for, well, like a year. It was a while. Yeah, it was a while. Like, at first and, we were uh, a three-piece for a while, and then we were a two-piece. And then once either joined the band, everything just, like, flourished in, like, a better way that we weren't even expecting. Yeah, because, like, our first ever show was as a two-piece. And <laughs> <laughs> that there, was there's, I don't even want to mention it, but there's videos out there somewhere of, like, <laughs> that day and it's just like uh, so cringy looking back but it's it's cool to see how much we changed when edith did join the band um it's like so, it's, it's crazy it's crazy. It was exactly what we were looking for yeah, yeah. I, I listened to some of the older stuff for the first time today and i was like surprised at how like comparatively like down tempo and like you know like more somber sounding it was yeah yeah like how did that kind of like positivity start seeping in um, I, I, <laughs> I think that, uh, I brought a lot of my own influences into the band because I really just, at the time, I guess I still kind of do, I really just like soft pop punk, like, I don't know, I'm just like not into it, like at all. And also just even my personality, I'm very loud and energetic. And that's what I like. I like loud and energetic music. So I think I like everything about me, which is really brought in made us who we are I guess and also when I wrote that stuff I was an emo 15 year old (laughs) (laughs) going through it so (laughs) that's my like experiences then obviously like aided towards the the songwriting and it was just me so I was just writing about you know what I was going through and then when Edith came into the band it helped like shift their perspective of like how do we want to sound what do we want to write about um so it got a lot happier (laughs) 
and a lot more energetic. <laughs> and I'm so glad that we went that route because our shows would be so boring if we yeah. still made that. Like, oh my gosh, I, I like that. No. And and how is like the writing process? How do you guys kind of like you know share the responsibilities and everything now that you know it's the three of you? Yeah. So I always get like a guitar idea that pops into my head. Um, and then I'll like record on my phone and send it over to them and see if they like it. And if they do, we'll start like writing a melody over it. And then, um, usually some people like write lyrics and the instrumental at the same time. But for us, like it's easier to, to write the lyrics based off of what the instrumental sounds like it would be about. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, it's really weird. I do this thing where I write melodies in gibberish which like I don't even know how to like explain that but it's like I just write a melody with random words so then when Taya goes to write the lyrics and stuff she has an idea of what vowels I won't wear and all this stuff so because if you write on like do's or like whatever it's a little bit more difficult for your co-writer or whatever to know what vowel she wants to use here like it's a lot of technical stuff we have like a pretty good plan going into it and now at this point i like Edith doesn't even have to do that anymore i know what vowels she would (laughs) want to use for what note (laughs) yeah she knows me so well now that it's just super easy that's awesome and you mentioned like the live show before like kind of you know at the the debut as a two-piece but um I, i saw you talking about you know how important it is for you to kind of have developed your your stage presence and how you really wish you had more you know time together to do that um can you like take us back to a time when shows existed and tell us like kind of like how the how the live show pans out for you so it started off when we just started um playing shows when i joined um, we didn't have any other people except for us. So it was just three people on the stage. But now um, we've evolved into really realizing that you, we don't want to play with backing tracks anymore, all the stuff. So we reached out and found two wonderful girls that are now our touring members. So we have them with us at every live show we play. And whenever we can, we're super big on an energetic stage presence and um, professionalism, stuff like that, because there's nothing, like, we hate more than seeing a boring band, like, (laughs) that just, like, no, that's not gonna work, so whenever we do practice, it's, um, mostly just about stage presence and energy and stuff like that. I don't even remember at what point it became so important to us, but that's, like, our main focus every single time now, um, is to make sure that, like, yeah, um, I just feel like we always knew that we would, evolve into a band that would not stay in the local scene for long at all and we knew that we'd need to be ready for that um because you don't want to see some amateur band on a big tour so we really focused on that early and it's cool that we have a head start for you know when shows do come back and it's insane to think about how the last tour we went on in march maybe like 30 people would come each show to see us and (laughs) the difference leaving all of this like when we go on tour again it's gonna be literally insane (laughs) yeah it's like um this lockdown with corona and stuff has actually been so productive for us as a band because we're we're building up our team you know because we're we're in the middle of our the beginning of our blow up so we have to build a team we're under apa now which is awesome and then we're under um 
we're under Paradigm for UK touring now. So the difference, like Taya said, of the shows is going to be like, it's going to be so drastic and just insane. And even like our own pull not even just from like the tours we get put on we doubled in size (laughs) over you know this quarantine um and it's it's gonna get a lot more (laughs) very soon so it's like it's cool to be conscious through all of this and to see ourselves growing Mm -hmm. as we are and obviously like back to the live shows like since we're um growing so much right now obviously when things start picking up and when we really solidify our team and everything, um, practicing is going to become like one of the most things we do. Like, <laughs> it's going to be all about that practice. We'll be able to practice way more, which is. Yeah, and I, I know in one of the interviews I listened to or read, you were saying um, how like playing Chicago was like kind of one of your dreams. Like, having a riot fest is going to be uh, pretty insane. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can't wait for that. We literally got the email for that at well, like 3 a.m. It was like. In the AM, like really good. Yeah. Edith called me when I was sleeping. I was like, "What?" Like, <laughs> she called yeah, me. Because, like, I didn't even answer. I was like, yeah. "I'm going back to sleep." Why is she? I was back? already up. Like, I'm yeah. always up, which is kind of bad. But, and I saw the email come through, and I was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I was like, "I have like, I texted, and they were answering." So I was like, "Okay, well, I have to call." And they didn't. They didn't answer like the FaceTime group chat call. So then. I called Ada, she didn't answer. And then I called Taya. <laughs> and I was like, I, I know she's dead asleep right now, but I don't care. <laughs> and she answered. And then it was just insane. It was, it was really funny. It was crazy to read that. I was half asleep still when she called. I don't even remember answering the phone. And she's like, check her email. <laughs> so then I did. And I was just like reading it. And then I saw the words Riot Fest. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and <laughs> that's when I woke up. <laughs> she, literally, she literally said that, too. That's her exact words. <laughs> Were you able to get back to sleep after that? Uh, not for like an hour. No, it took a while. <laughs> that's awesome. And I, I read in an interview, too, um, where, Edith, you said, you know, how you love being in a band full of women of color, and because that was something that you like never had growing up, where does that confidence come from? What led you to feel like kind of empowered in order to, you know, be this band that has like these such big plans that, you know, you're able to kind of like go out and just like make it happen? Yeah. So lack of is something that really motivates me. And whenever, I don't know, I was just, my parents raised me to be, a very strong black woman who can do anything. They always told me that I can do absolutely anything I set my mind to. And I was like going to shows and, you know, seeing all my favorite bands. One day I noticed, and I was just like, why am I not doing this? Because, you know, I have the talent, I have the voice and there needs to be more representation. So I like set out a mission to find people like me to do it with because it's representation is so, so important. So important, especially for for young minds and, and young girls, and because not everyone's like us. Like like I said, lack of is so is such an empowering thing for us. It's it's very it makes us even more ambitious. But you know, not not everyone's like that. They might see the scene and, and get discouraged and be like, "Well, I don't see anyone there like me, so I can't do it." And is it ever like a weight on your shoulders for all of you, kind of like being those? 
you know, the ones that are being like, you know, held up as like this example of this? I think it's the opposite. Um, we feel like it's our, our duty almost in, but in a good way. Um, cause we, we want to be that for, you know, the little black girls who are sitting in their rooms listening to pop punk who think there's no one out there like me because we were that that people um mm -hmm. you know not not just black black and brown even little exactly. white girls because um, yeah even women in there's general a severe there's lack a, of women in the scene a lack. yeah especially women of color um so it's like it's really cool for us to be able to do what we love and get to be that representation at the same time it's like hand in hand um and for us we're the type of people that like if we want something, we're gonna make it happen, regardless of if we have help or not. Um, which is literally how we've, you know, gotten everything that we have today. So it's it's cool for us to be able to do it the hard way, so that other people don't have to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Tyranny as a song was kind of about you know you being underestimated as a band or as people and. Um, I'm curious how how has it kind of been for you, you know, especially as you're hitting these milestones. How has it been um, like navigating, you know, a, a music industry that's like the majority, you know, straight white men? It's been um, I feel like it's probably um, possibly going to get a little bit more difficult as we grow in size, but also we <laughs> we have had a couple of weird interactions. It's just it's a lot of weird backhanded comments that I hope that the people that say those says aren't doing it on purpose and like don't realize but we've had a lot of like um oh like you play better than me and you're a girl or we've had like we've walked into a venue before and they've been like oh girls doors aren't open yet that's <laughs> that's happened twice and one time we were sitting in um we were sitting in a green room at a show we were playing and one of the touring members of the band we were opening for was like, this is a green room and it's for bands only. Are you supposed to be in here? It's just like ridiculous stuff like that. And when you go to a show, um, you, we do get weird looks sometimes. And then um, it hasn't really been super outwardly racist or super outwardly sexist, mm. but it's like, these weird backhand comments that people tell us that's just like do you know what you're saying like do you know what you sound like right now people definitely underestimate us like as soon as they see us go on that stage they definitely expect that we're gonna not be you know like as good as we are type thing like they're gonna expect us to just do horrible just because we're girls and it's yeah. like no like we know what we're doing and you should expect more from us not just because we're girls we're gonna be bad i've had someone ask me I thought I was a merch girl for this other band. I was <laughs> just like, he was like, he was like, um, can I buy some of so-and-so's merch? And I was like, I don't know. Go talk to them. <laughs> oh, was that in Chicago? Yes. Wow. Yeah. It's like we, even like there's, there's good and bad in, in everything. Uh, yeah. It's not just us who experience it. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't let it really get to us because we know it's going to be there. But also, we know that we have to navigate through this to get to the point to where we're the ones who are able to make it a safe space for everyone. Because, um, like, even, you know, listeners as, as fans, we've sometimes been the only 
you know, people of color in the, the venue. So uh, it's like, a, it sucks that it's inevitable, but it is inevitable. Um, just, you know, yeah. this is the world that we live in, but we're still gonna do it and we're gonna do it with a positive attitude and it's not gonna be this way forever. And mm-hmm. we're gonna be one of the bands that's making that change. Yeah, and it, it's so funny is not the right word, but it's like so weird to me that like, you know, all those backhanded compliment type things like that could mm-hmm. those statements could remain the same without taking into the account that you're a woman or that you're black. Like you could just be like, you play better than me. It doesn't have to be. And exactly. you're a girl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, how do you find yourselves typically like handling, um, you know, those situations? obviously like the change really does need to come from within from those straight white mm-hmm. males um but like how do you do you tend to be more you know just let it slide off you in the moment just like Tierney says up at your in your place with a smile just oh yeah we know like yes we're supposed to be in here and we're a band we're here to check in we know doors aren't open yet and just leave it at that just leave it at that and it makes it awkward for the other person. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> sometimes, like, when we were told, like, oh, Dora's not open yet, and we we're, like, um, we're a band, she was, like, so embarrassed. You can just see it on her face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it hurt more that it came from a woman, too. Like, really? Yeah. You're the one assuming? I was like, what? Sure. Yeah, and, I mean, what kind of, what parts of the scene or what, what scenes, since you're a part of so many of them just by the fact that you live apart, um, like, what parts have you found to be, you know, like, sort of the most inclusive? It's weird because it's not even just, like, one scene. The scene's kind of, like, even though, like, for Orlando specifically, there's a pop-punk scene, but there's different levels of inclusivity within that scene. Mm-hmm. So, like, some shows will play and they're just terrible and <laughs> we feel so, like, outcasted because there's just, like, a bunch of straight white guys and they make yeah. it pretty mm-hmm. apparent that we don't fit in yeah. with them. But then there's also other shows where we feel completely welcomed. So, I don't know, it kind of varies, but... Definitely, like, when we played Miami for the first time, um, there's, like, a lot of Hispanic people down there. And it was, like, we've never felt more welcome. Like, that was a really yeah. great show that we played. So, it, I don't know. It, it like, even it with Atlanta, how would you describe Atlanta, Edith? <laughs> and, and Atlanta, just in general, like, at least from, like, playing Atlanta, not as a fan going to shows, but it's um, it's kind of just, like, very competitive in a negative way so mm-hmm. even like no matter what color you are like we're both bands I don't want you to make the stuff that I might not be able to make it's very like it's very negative and and clicky stuff like that but as a fan I mean it's amazing <laughs> it's so great it's pretty it's pretty competitive in Orlando too um and luckily like we're able to, to bypass all of that now because we're with APA, but there's a lot of pay to play shows down here and bands literally fight over, you know, the slot to play the Orlando date of a big tour. Um, and it's just very toxic and people are like fake nice to you just so you'll buy tickets from them, which <laughs> I don't think is cool. And I hate the whole concept of, pay to play it's so stupid yeah so make kids sell 40 dollars or 40 tickets you know 
$15 a ticket and then give them $2 for all those tickets, you know. I don't know. It's 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 pretty dumb. But um yeah, there's like I feel like there's good and bad in in every scene. <laughs> but more recently we found ourselves finding the good more often than the bad. Yeah. Well, that's awesome to hear at least. Uh, and I mean you you talked about, you know, the all the planning that goes into everything that you kind of do as a band. I'm curious, uh, like, what kind of planning went into the, the two new singles, May the Odds Be in Your Favor and um, Garden, and how, also, like, how was that kind of, like, affected by all the quarantine stuff? We were really lucky with that, because we, we went to record those songs, those two, and then one more song, right before, like, Corona really, like, kicked in, I guess. Oh, wow. <laughs> we were on tour, and our last date of the tour was in Chicago, and that's also where our producer, Roy, lives. So we just, right after the tour was ended, we, we went straight to the studio. And it was probably right in between the end of the tour and before the studio yeah. started, when Corona really, like, started, like, just attacking the United States, I guess. <laughs> Things started closing down, and, like, as soon as we finished recording was when, like, airports started getting, like, crowded, and, like, we all got home safely, and, like, obviously everything, like, worked out for us, but, like, we were really lucky to get to record yeah. those songs at the time. Yeah, because releasing songs right now is, like, it's so beneficial to the artists if you have any yeah. songs you can release. Our lives would be entirely different, too, if we hadn't 100%. recorded those songs when we did. Yeah. yeah, and it, it was really funny because originally we were going to go back home and then fly back, like, two weeks after tour. But, like, we wouldn't have been able to do it because of corona. Yeah. And we, we moved it so last minute. We were like, oh, yeah. like, we can just stay after tour and just stay in Chicago and record. That's awesome. I, I had no idea they were, like, that recently recorded. That's yeah. <laughs> definitely worked out in your favor for sure. Um, and... I mean, also, I wanted to ask about the kind of um, art direction for th those two singles, which is really, I really enjoy. And also, I mean, even just going back to like the planning fact, you know, the way your Instagram is, it's like very visually cohesive. Um, like, how do you kind of approach the, the visual aspects of the band? We were upset with our Instagram feed for so long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we could no, just I, not get it to look good. Yeah, it's it going to change. Uh, a little more the next couple weeks, months, too, so. And um, yeah. Edith was the one who found, um, his name's Matthew, who did the, the artworks for the singles. Mm -hmm. um, and we just, like, loved his art style, so we hit him up and we sent him the, the songs and we were like, hey, we want to give you, like, full creative control over you know, what the, the artworks look like. And we just had him listen to the song and, and see, you know, what he thought it would look like. Um, and it turned out really cool and, and we absolutely love it. Yeah. And we, um, I don't even know, like, we, we had to be creative with our posts because of Corona. Um, mm -hmm. We didn't have a lot of content saved up um, yeah. before everything went down. And since we live in different states, kind of have to do it all by herself <laughs> um, so that definitely like took an influence into it yeah and we always knew that we wanted a lighter feed um so like a lot of our pictures now have like white backgrounds and stuff um because we wanted to go in that direction yeah we're gonna be together in a couple weeks and we're gonna really stack up on content because our photographer la is coming mm -hmm. um so yeah that change in our feed is, is 
that light feed is going to keep going and evolving. So we're excited. And and what is it that kind of like got you all to be so, you know, interested in the kind of like minutia of that? I feel like a lot of times for bands, that kind of stuff comes in, you know, when they're, you know, a little bit further along than you guys are. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's because... Um, we are aware of how sellable we are just because like we said there's no one like us yet <laughs> besides that it's like we're the only ones that are that are women of color in our pop punk band so that's probably it's that. like i don't want to say the term fake it till you make it because we're not faking it but we <laughs> always knew that we would be a lot bigger than we are now we were just waiting on the moment so we wanted mm-hmm. to like jump the gun and, and get everything looking nice. So like when the moment did come, we weren't looking raggedy on Instagram, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we, we wanted to, to make sure that we were happy with everything yeah. that's up because we knew it was just a matter of time and <laughs> glad we got that, you know, under control when we did. Our photographer is wonderful. Yeah. Ellie Rogers on Instagram. Um, we met her, uh, <laughs> At a, one of our first shows ever yeah. in Orlando at this tiny, tiny little, it wasn't even a venue. I don't even know what to call it. Um, this like room. in a bar. Yeah, it was with um, Riviera and Forest Green. And we were opening. Cedar Green. Cedar Green. And we were opening. And um, we saw LA and we ended up talking. And um, she was the only girl on the whole tour. And that connected us because she was like, You're, you guys are the only girls I've seen like open like yeah and we're on like the 17th date or whatever something crazy (laughs) and then that I don't know what made me like reach out to her but literally after because she took pictures of our set and um I texted her and I was like I just want you to know that we're gonna hire you like so you never have to work with you know like an all-male tour ever again and we did (laughs) (laughs) yeah so she's like she's one of the biggest reasons of why um of our pic- she has reasons why our pictures look so good because she's so talented. Sure, yeah, and I mean, I, I also wanted to hit on kind of like the writing process for, for the new tracks. Um, I feel like especially Garden kind of like oozes the positivity that's kind of only paralleled by uh, like Origami Angel's most recent album. Uh, what was it kind of like getting uh, into that headspace for you? So um, all of the new singles were writ- written in my dorm room. <laughs> um, and I think that, like, being in an entirely new environment made mm-hmm. me want to get in a new environment songwriting-wise as well. Um, and, like, a lot of pop punk is, like, white dudes crying over their ex-girlfriends. <laughs> and we wanted to write something different. And there's not a lot of positive songs in, in pop punk. It's a lot of angst. It's a lot of yeah. anger and, and sadness. Um, so we wanted to, to switch it up a little bit. And um, like at the time that I was uh, writing it, you know, I was going through some some stuff with my uh, best friend and um, we just really wanted to incorporate something super positive to let the people in our lives know that we're there for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy that we released this song when we did because, you know, with everything going on with like the the um black lives matter protests and and all this it's a really good time for people to to hear that um especially when there's not a lot of music out there that has that message 
So mm -hmm. we're super glad that, you know, for whatever reason, we decided to put that in a song because it's so important. Yeah. And I, um, I wrote the melodies in my room. And like, for me, just like, like Taya said, like uplifting things and uplifting <laughs> sound. I also really focus on, I really love pop music and I really love pop melodies. Just figuring that out. Um, we wrote May the Odds, at least for me, I wrote that melody so fast. And I don't really remember writing it, but it just came to me like that. And then for Garden, I was in my car, which don't do this. But I was driving, and I was just playing it, and I was like, that melody just popped up into my head, and I was like, well, that's good. <laughs> and for, um, for May the Odds, um, I remember I wrote the lyrics for that back in September, and at that point, like, our uh, band was pretty, like, stagnant for a really long time. Like, we would play shows and, and do tours and stuff, but we weren't really growing at all. Mm -hmm. um, and I was kind of getting fed up with the fact that, like, bands who were less qualified than us would get more opportunities than us um, and kind of know why. So I <laughs> was, was fed up, and I wanted to write a song about that feeling but not letting it stop us because we're still going to – we're, st we're still going to try and, um, you know, like do the things that we want to do. And I know that there's other people out there who feel that way, not even just like in bands, but just in any, you know, um, job or anything. So it's, it was good for me personally to get that out there. Cause it kind of helped me cope with mm -hmm. it almost. Um, it is cool that like now we're at a point where that's in the past and like, it's not going to be like that anymore, um, which only helped me cope even more. Yeah, I feel like the drums on the new tracks, too, are kind of like, they really are kind of like a step up, kind of like adding that extra oomph and that energy. And I, I know, like, the way you all met is kind of through as um, drum covers on YouTube. Uh, I'm curious, like, how, how have those drum covers, like, helped you kind of figure out your own style? Weirdly enough, drum covers have, like, taught me so much. Like, I feel like that was my practice into being in a band, was doing drum covers and just mm -hmm. covering other songs. Because it helped me, like, develop my style, I guess, which I'm, I feel like I'm still developing. And it's just learning how other drummers drum and like the fills that they come up with and like the little things that they do it really helps you like come up with like your own little things to add to songs and stuff like that and also just not only that but like being in the studio with like our producer who also is a drummer is like amazing because he yeah. helps you with like so like you come up with so many different things that you never would have thought of just from like your producer being a drummer and like <laughs> it's just incredible he's know. amazing like, either me or roy like we'll get like a new idea while we're <laughs> in the studio and it'll be insane and Ada can play it like right away and i'm like, like how like i'm like sitting there and then like like we would like do something and roy would like to talk into the microphone into my ear and he'll be like i want to try something give me a second and i'm like okay and he'll just be like like just typing <laughs> like, on the computer he comes up with something and he's like, can you 
can you do this for me? And then he'll play it and it's something crazy and then we slow it down and after like 15 minutes, it's in the song and it's like... Yeah, it's like perfect. And I mean, we've talked a lot about you being a very like goal-oriented band. Um, I'm curious, like kind of what are some of the goals for the upcoming like maybe year or so or whatever, or even long-term goals and, you know, what's kind of next for you? It's so like hard to even imagine a week from now and a month from now (laughs) the things Um, have been moving so fast for us so it's just yeah but we definitely like when we're able to touring is going to be a huge focus for us um that we've that's been a focus for like the past two years now and we're now like in a position where we're able to get bigger opportunities which is super awesome connecting with our our fans more because a lot more people are finding out about us and mm-hmm. even some of the, the tweets we've gotten they've been like my life would have been so much easier if I had known about you guys before <laughs> yeah. um, so we know it's like super important for them that we exist so we really want to develop like relationships um, and stuff with them um, um, an album yeah 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 for Hopefully sure album. we'll have yeah. a like spring release who knows if we'll like be on our record label by then? We've been talking to some. Um, we're kind of just going with the flow. Yeah, um, yeah whatever yeah. happens happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we have you know Riot Fest, which it it's so hard to imagine what that's gonna be like because exactly we can grow so much in that amount of time. It's like over like, a year. Yeah, it's a lot of time. Same. So yeah, hopefully touring would be back to normal by then, maybe like a year and like a half or whatever. So touring is a huge, huge focus. The album, yeah. Developing our uh, like brand, I guess. Yes. Um, our look. We've mm-hmm. like created like vision boards and stuff of what direction we want to take the band in. Um, so we're like going to slowly be incorporating that into it. Um, yeah which is like really cool. <laughs> what, what's some of the stuff on the vision board out of curiosity, if you feel comfortable sharing it? <laughs> it's mainly stuff like for our it's, style. So like outfits like, that we, you know. Becoming yeah. um, like commercialized or just having a set look where people can look at you and be like, oh, that's them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can already kind of do that because yeah, but- <laughs> we look the way we look. <laughs> um, but like, you know how like, Billie Eilish has a very yeah. distinct look. Yeah. We also want something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously not like copying her, but something that's like identifiably us would <laughs> be really like, cool. Even that would make us even more sellable, so. For sure. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of like to wrap up every episode by either asking for um, like a piece of advice or, you know, something you've just generally been thinking about lately. Um, whether it's about music or life in general um, that you just kind of like to share? Um, sounds cheesy, but you can do anything. You're wonderful. You're strong. If you're a woman, you can go out and be in a band. If you're a woman of color, you can go out and be in a band. doesn't matter. You are your own person. Do not pay attention to any societal standards that the world has put on you because you can do whatever you want, period. We are proof of that. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, that was a fun one. Thanks to Meet Me at the Altar for taking the time to talk and for making the music they do. This is some real raging pop punk that will totally get you off your feet. Be sure to search out and amplify diverse voices like Meet Me at the Altar, because let me tell you, the talent is out there. 
and hit me up with any suggestions of bands I might have missed and should have on the pod. A special thank you as always to The Alternative for helping to promote the show, Kaylin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and Michaela Jane Palermo for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at flyonthecallpod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at flyonthecallpod at gmail.com. Stay tuned for some super exciting news very soon. Check back for another great episode next week, and rest the cops who murdered Brianna Taylor. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street.